0: If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Health Care for Humans, hosted by Dr. Sundar, expands our understanding of the history and culture of different communities and how to provide culturally responsive care. There's an episode you should check out where guest Dr. Duran details the systemic barriers faced by individuals with DACA status and highlights the importance of addressing these barriers. Check out Healthcare for Humans on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.
1: I saw the power of the body to heal itself. Mm. That for me was the through line of really my will to actually live.
2: Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they wanna be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Erica Savage, we finally have you on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. How are you?
1: Oh my gosh, friend. I am wonderful. And I'm so excited to be on wellness with Wendy. This is like my highlight yes. of my day. <laughs>
2: Thank you for having me as a guest. You are more than welcome. I am just so excited to introduce you to our audience, uh, to tell your story and all the wonderful things you're doing in the world, really just leaving your footprint. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So why don't we start off by you just telling our audience a little bit about who is Erica Savage?
1: Absolutely. Well, Erica Savage is a celebrity wellness lifestyle coach. And what that essentially means is that I help women burn the cape by creating a transformative culture of wellness. And that's something that's very specific to them. Um, Broadly, I help people um, decrease overwhelm and increase focus. And I do that through my podcast, The Reframed Brain. I do that through the events that I have. Like I have one coming up talking about navigating the unseen Um, This show is on a Monday, which is my absolute favorite day of the week. So I do that through my writings where I um, connect with my Reframe Brain Wellness community every Monday to speak specifically about uh, brain health and how we can all navigate unseen injuries and really make sure that we're not just here for the short term, but that we're having long, healthy well lives. Um, And I do that through my book, A Southern Girl's Green Thumb, Nine Easy Care Plants to Add to Your Space. And then every Saturday, um, I'm on Sirius XM Radio, channel 126 on the Reese Coburn Show co-hosting. So I am um, all in media, all in writing, um, available as you have made yourself through your show and through your stress blueprint, to let people know that it's really the unseen that really is wreaking havoc on our personal environments. But there are absolute things that can be done um, to create a culture of wellness.
2: I love it. And you're like the perfect person to do all of that, just based on your experience, uh, your past experience, your current experience, and you truly walk the walk. What you preach is exactly what you do. So I wanted to start off by telling us your story of how you got into this space and talking about the reframe brain, how that was born, talking about unseen injuries, which we're going to really unpack. But just tell us your story of how you got into all of this.
1: Yeah, Wendy, it's very interesting. Um, It was not a choice that I made, per se. Um, My background is uh, working for the federal government um, as a financial analyst, handling billions of dollars in assets, briefing a two-star general, and uh, commanders, deputies, chiefs of um, chiefs of departments um, in the accounting cell, along with two other wonderful women. And then I've always been in politics, and I was offered a position to work for a political consulting and uh, data management firm as a political executive. And so I moved to D.C., brought my talents here and was working as a political executive, Um, had a wonderful, wonderful ride, was able to do some extraordinary work managing international campaigns. Um, I functioned as an emissary, so I was able to travel out of country, meet with heads of state, meet with um, really powerful people, presidents, um, and was really integral in helping to free a political prisoner. I think that that was really kind of like the shining um, point of my career. I was on Capitol Hill a lot, doing all of the political things that people think of when they think about D.C. And um, was traveling for work two years ago in March, and I was traveling by car. It was a beautiful Monday. And uh, a, the driver of an 18-wheel truck uh, became very enraged that I wasn't um, kind of traveling fast enough and actually hit hit my car twice from behind. Um, and so that accident essentially left me with a myriad of injuries and the most significant and prominent was uh, my moderate traumatic brain injury. That injury compromised my prefrontal cortex. And so you have a wellness community, you have doctors, practitioners, people that um, deal in the health industry. So I'm not, I'm talking to us, but that prefrontal cortex, which houses executive functioning, which is logic reasoning, and what you teach about emotional intelligence. And that was reduced as my TBI practitioner, shared with my family from that of a political executive to essentially a toddler. So I had nine practitioners um, at the height of my care, home health care, and audiologists, because most people that do sustain head injuries are left with tinnitus. Um, so I had ear um, uh, um, hearing aids that were um, created for me, but even at the time of those being molded for me, it was essentially too much for me to take on because I was very, very sensitive to sights, sounds. Um, So I mentioned home healthcare, um, audiology, speech pathologists, uh, because my speech had slowed down incredibly. Um, Learning to read again had to do that. Um, I didn't function very well around about more than one or two adults. Occupational care, I uh, had to learn to drive again, had to have um, one of the suites um, in my home, beyond suites, outfitted so that um, I could have a shower chair and um, the grab bar so that I wouldn't um, fall because I would fall all the all the time. Um, difficulty walking, physical therapy, um, TBI practitioners, um, psychologists, neuropsychologists and a therapist, and a suicide prevention plan that was put in place, because it was really difficult to understand what was happening to me while I was in my body. So there were a lot of changes, a lot of adaptations, a lot of accommodations. And through that, Wendy, what I actually saw, and I'm able to say this um, as I continue my active recovery and healing, um, is that I saw the power of the body to heal itself. Mm. That for me was the through line of really my will to actually live. Mm -hmm. I was simply amazed at the power of the body to heal itself. And so in that I then, uh, created the reframe brain, which centers brain health and unseen injuries, because you have done incredible work alongside the pandemic, understanding what the demand was for nurses, nurse practitioners, doctors, people that are in the healthcare space. I saw as a person that was um, healing from an injury Um, The incredible parallels that were there. And so I wanted to create space that talked about brain health and how we can rewire our brains, but also talk about even if a person doesn't have a diagnosis, that there are some unseen injuries that we're all dealing with and there are ways to navigate that. So this is how I ended up in this space, being incredibly motivated. And I must say that I tell my clients, both one-to-one in corporate, you do not have to have a brain injury to uh, develop what I share. Um, And there are absolutely preventative things that can be done because again and again, the body is amazing at healing itself when it is presented with the right conditions.
2: I just want to say thank you for publicly sharing your story Mm -hmm. because you actually had to make a decision. And I always say there's power in the decision, one decision to share your story, uh, share your journey continuously, because you're helping so many people. So I just wanna say thank you, thank you, thank you. That's amazing. Um,
1: Thank you, I appreciate that. And I'm I'm gonna share this with your audience. Um, I know we're gonna move on into conversations, but I I also have to thank you as well. Wendy and I have been connected through um, a collective that we've been um, a part of um, for about a year, a couple of years I would guess say now. And I, there still are, I, I have disabilities and they're unseen disabilities, but nevertheless, they are disabilities. And so I have had a couple of experiences when I've been around Wendy, and Wendy has been very sensitive because she's so dedicated in the work that she does to be able to pick up, okay, Erica is not um, responding well to this environment. And was so very empathetic and so very kind, and took great care of me um, as a sister would, um, as you would pray and hope that if you were having an emergency, that someone who was a healthcare practitioner would. So I must say to you, my dear sister, Wendy Garvin Mayo, I forever love you. My family knows all about you. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being so sensitive to when those emergencies did arise.
2: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. More than happy. More than happy. Um, yeah. I, and we, we've been connected ever since. Uh, it's just like a natural attraction, to, to be honest with you. Um, I, I love you like my blood sister. So, um, yes. Yes. <laughs> so so I want to kind of get into, because I know you're you're doing so much out there in the world. And you mentioned the Reframe Brain, you're the the founder and the host of the podcast and and, and the YouTube channel for the Reframe Brain and the community. What underpins that title? Because that's a very unique title, the Reframe Brain. Talk to us a little bit about that. Wow. So
1: thank you for asking me that. It's the neuroplasticity of the brain. The brain is so adaptable. And as I shared with your audience to have the experience of literally having the functionality of a toddler where my brain was operating at about 25%, um, I believe at the lowest um, place of my injury and to bear witness, number one, as you talked about the decision that I made to live, I, I made a decision. It was a decision that I made over and over and over and over again to live and to live very differently so i had to change my nutrition there were different things modalities that i had to add to my life um but they have been transformative so when i think about how i witnessed my own healing and yet witnessing my own healing and think about the adaptability to power Um, of an organ that is still yet being researched by scientists, they're still finding out new and hopeful and incredible things around the brain. I thought to myself, that's interesting because it's not, there is a rewiring that has happened, but it's also reframing. And when I think about reframing, I think about shifting perspective. Um, So I shifted the way that I looked at the power of my words, language. I shifted the way that I looked at the power of the environments that I placed myself in intentionally. The reason that I wrote my book, A Southern Girl's Green Thumb, is because I witnessed and I felt the power of my plants when I was in places in my body where I felt unsure or I was feeling overwhelmed that if I slid my hand, down into the soil, there was an immediate grounding that happened. So that is reframing. That is understanding that I am not without help. I am not without uh, techniques. I am not um, just, um, I I am not without help. I think that's it. I'm not without aid. There are in the earth, um, in my home, in my environment, whether it's aromatherapy, there are things that are intentionally in place to help me shift whatever my current perspective is. And that definitely helped me, particularly in times where I didn't know if I wanted to continue to live. It was the reframing um, of my thoughts that really helped. So that's why I wanted to name the podcast, The Reframed Brain.
2: That is amazing. And still you're making the decision. hmm Mm -hmm. to try new things, do new things, see what works for you and incorporate it into your life. And I know you have a routine, a morning routine. Mm. Can you talk to us about that a little bit?
1: Yes. I love my morning routine. Um, One of the things that I talk to people about, you know, is like touch yourself before you touch your phone. (laughs) And what I mean specifically by that is that when we wake up, we think about it. And again, talking in healthcare terms, when a patient has to be given general anesthesia, all of the organs are asleep. And so when that patient comes out of um, anesthesia or is coming out of anesthesia, the organs are gently massaged to push some of the anesthesia out. There is a a reawakening to what was almost essentially um, nearly dead. So when I think about what happens when we're sleeping, incredible repair is happening in our brain and in our body. And it is reported that that is the nearest we are to death while yet living. So when we wake up, I akin it to the example I gave of general anesthesia. We don't want to immediately, you don't we don't come out of general anesthesia running down the hallway checking ourselves out. There's a massaging, there's an awakening to make sure that the patient and the organs understand that we're on the other side of the surgery. And there's a bit of kind of reacclimating that has to happen. And so what I do for me in my morning routine, and then what I also advise my clients around developing their morning routine is number one, if they're in an area where they feel safe um, and they're able to, if they do have um, some type of blinds or um, a, a Um, treatment, window treatment, to open it up a little bit so that when they wake in the morning, that the sun is the first thing that kisses them. It's beautiful to wake up to a bright light or to wake up to light. The second thing that I do um, essentially is when I wake up, I open my eyes, I immediately smile. There's something about smiling that just brings joy. So I I smile and then I take my hands. I place one over my heart and one over my belly and I just begin to give gratitude. And I start with my brain and I work through my bodies. I do my heart, lungs, spleen, kidneys, gallbladder, ovary. I do all of my bodily organs, liver and give gratitude. And then I go into prayer Um, and then I meditate. Um, And after I do that, there's a general stretch that happens because I'm letting my body know, wow, we're waking up for the day. It is, again, akin to coming out of anesthesia. Um, And then after that, I just really, for a minute, kind of set an intention. And I don't give my clients like a number, like it needs to be three, it needs to be five. I may have one intention for that day. And whatever that intention is, I make sure I give myself space that if we don't meet that intention, then it is well. We have spent quality time with ourselves. I then usually read a little bit, journal, and then I get out of bed. um, And I usually drink, um, I drink a ton of water. Wendy knows this, like water is my primary beverage. I keep, um, and I encourage my clients and other people, I keep fruit by my bed because I eat a ton of fruit. But I um, keep room temperature water by my bed because that's something that your body wants. And then um, a nice hot beverage, um, a hot green tea that's decaf with some honey. So that is my morning routine. And what I'm essentially saying is why I say to touch yourself before you touch, any, touch the world is because when we pick up our cell phones, whether we have one, two, three devices, if it's an alarm clock um, or whether it's checking for emails, social media, whatever, what have you then we have allowed the influence of the world to direct our mind and our thoughts.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Take
1: whatever it is. If it's 10 minutes, my morning routine is an hour, but that's me. It, it There's no measuring stick for how long the morning routine is. However long, think about how much we give ourselves to the world. And by the world, I do mean your partner. If you have a partner, if you're not partnered, if you have um, children, and that does include fur babies, um, if you have um, parents, if you are um, a one that is um, caring for your parents or caring for people, Other there's a multi-generational household, if none of those things apply to you, when you pick up your phone, if it's work, that means that if it's emails from your boss, if it's emails from your employees, if it's social media. You're going to not only be receiving everybody else's thoughts, but you're going to be receiving ads too because they do not go to sleep Um, and because they're in the business of making money. But all of those things will influence our day, will influence our direction. We may go shopping and not necessarily have had a mindset to shop, but it could be because we were imprinted before we had the opportunity to really set the tone for the day for ourselves, what it does is it empowers us before we go into the world. And whether that's physically in the world, virtually in the world, or if it's a hybrid of both. And I have had great outcomes with my clients that have adapted a level of making sure that before they turn on the television, before they connect with their cell phones, that they have empowered themselves and then begin their day.
2: I almost feel like you're honoring yourself. When you wake up, you're honoring self. You're reintroducing yourself to self, to the world. Before you even get started, I think that is such an amazing practice. And it starts again with the decision. I feel like that's the word for for our (laughs) session. But it's really just making decisions in your life to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to honor myself before I get out of bed, before I pick up my phone, before I interact with anyone. I love that because you're not good to anyone else unless you know you're good, right? Like they always say, you got to fill yourself up before you can start pouring into other people.
1: Oh my gosh, Wendy, I have had clients, and you're absolutely right. I have had clients report back that they have seen reductions in what they thought were maybe evidence of hypertension, that they have been able to pass this along specifically to their team members and to one of my clients that teaches at. Um, a college, so much so that she was recognized by her dean because it was like, what is this approach that you are passing along to students? Because overwhelm, because you deal specifically in stress, is something that does have physical health implications. And so we move into that a little bit deeper as we continue to work, but understanding that, as you just said, the importance of honoring thyself Before we give ourselves to the world, because when we're in the world, we are in the world. And sometimes when we look up, that time can exceed 12, 13, 14 hours. And then, how much of that time, even though we are in our own body, have we actually spent connecting with ourselves, setting the tone for ourselves? Even when we enter the space, it makes a difference when we set the tone for ourselves so that. When we enter into the space of people who are angry, who are overwhelmed, who are frustrated, who are um, emotionally unregulated, there's something very different that for our engagement with those individuals, because we have a practice in place where we're not easily responding to that, um, where we can make the decision to turn the other way. I was just in traffic not long ago and... There was a person, a construction worker, and listen, it was 90 degrees here in the DMV before we just had a little rain that cool it down about 15 degrees, but he was just like all types of, and I was just kind of like looking at him because I was thinking to myself, he's hot and he's probably dehydrated. I mean, I could have like responded negatively because he was kind of being, ah, you know, don't do this. It's but he's hot, he's probably dehydrated. But the other thing is, I've already set the tone for my day for my practice, and I know that's the, the output from that. That's the flow from that. I'm not, responding. I love
2: that. I love it. <laughs> you know, I always say, I always say, like, um, you're retaining your power, right? Absolutely. You're not going to give your power to the people in this world who may be having a, a rough day, who's tired, who's stressed, right? So it's really controlling self, knowing self and controlling self. And that's part of emotional intelligence as well. Absolutely. So I want to ask you, what do you know now in your life um, as a uh, lifestyle wellness coach, celebrity wife, lifestyle wellness coach that you didn't know or appreciate when you were in your life prior to your accident? Ooh.
1: Wow, that's such an amazing question. I think how important breathing is. Like it's something that we have to have oxygen, be it artificial um, or if it's we're able to breathe on our own. Um, the importance of breath work, how deep breathing, I just kind of post, I just posted about this today, the benefits of deep breathing, thinking about going into a doctor's office and they ask you to take those deep breaths and there are specific reasons for that but it does help boost immunity. It does help reduce stress. So um, just really understanding the importance of deep breathing, um, understanding uh, that overwhelm and stress really do have, as I said before, real health implications. Um, There's doing all of the things, um, but if there is not a real connected practice with being connected with oneself that some of the experiences that we have in our body, um, can really turn into, um, conditions and diseases that we don't have to necessarily deal with. So I think really, and then also understanding the importance of, um, of our time, um, time is very, very precious, very, very precious. And, um, giving it away, uh, freely in the name of multitasking in the name of, um, hoping to be, um, admired and seen for all of the hard work that we've been doing, um, turning inward is much more powerful. So I I think those three things, um, are things that have really been like, wow, I wouldn't, on the other side, these are wonderful, wonderful things that I have learned. And I'm so happy to share that with um, my clients.
2: Yeah. And I believe, you know, as a celebrity lifestyle wellness coach, it's so important because we have celebrities who are just on the go, right? They're on the go. They have this image. um, They have the schedule, I don't know if they're waking up and giving themselves that time, but for you to your celebrity yourself, right? So, so you, you were on that side, but now you're helping celebrities really slow down the power of the pause as you always talk about um, in developing those new routines. That's going to help you thrive yeah, and going to allow you to sustain yourself as a celebrity out in the world, giving yourself to the world. So I think, that is just so 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 important um and i don't think celebrities in this world um take the time to really think about that
1: yeah i mean you know their time is very much so curated um their image is curated and their time is very much so scheduled um there's a specific celebrity that i'm really really hopeful to work with and i um I have such admiration for her because she is um, an entrepreneur, um, multi-hyphenated entrepreneur, um, a giver, a person that loves her community. She loves her people. Um, And so I'm, and when I say I'm watching her, it's not like I am, you know, I've moved next door and I'm watching everything, but through television um, and through social media, but I've been um, leading up to very recently, I was paying attention to a conversation that she was saying, and she was just talking about how tired she'd been um, because her schedule was so, so heavy. And so fast forward to when I was watching her on television and I never, um, and I remember specifically, she walked in the house and at her island in her kitchen, she and her husband's kitchen, there's an assistant Typing on a laptop with a legal pad to the right, and she's like writing. Her hair's done already, and it's early in the morning. And she was just like, "I am so tired." Well, she was like, "Well, you have this, this," and it was like in the morning hours, like eight, nine, ten o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, "Let," and so she was like driving all night. Um, and I'm sure not her physically driving herself, but being in a car um, on the road is just as taxing as driving. And so just watching and paying attention to her, she um, her presence is almost, it's just ubiquitous, right? However, I'm looking at, I would love to work with her to introduce um, some signature modalities that I have created and some techniques that I understand at the level that she is going to continue to work and build, I'm not telling people you have to stop, right? That is an individual choice. My job is to introduce what is going to be most beneficial for this, in, in, for this individual, for them to be able to function. And then if people make decisions around things that they wanna step away from because they're making um, lifestyle improvements, Um, that's always excellent as long as that works for them. Um, but yeah, just watching, um, the, the toll, um, of the tiredness and then seeing her very recently crying to say that, you know, she had a bit of a respite and she needed that. And I'm thinking to myself, that should absolutely be your lifestyle, um, so that she can continue to be productive in the ways that bring her joy um, and that um, meet her goals um, that she's looking to achieve.
2: Yeah. So who is it? Because they may be listening. <laughs> they may be listening to connect with you. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Candy Burris Tucker,
1: I am from Georgia as well. Call me sis, please, please, please. I would love to work with you. Candy is somebody I have admired for a long, long time, you know, grew up listening to Escape. She's from Atlanta. I'm from Albany, Georgia. So I'm Southwest Georgia. Of course, she's, you know, North Atlanta, but she is such um, a presence in the state. But as we all know, Candy is absolutely worldwide. But, and she is, she's so admirable because she loves people and she creates, platforms, opportunities for so many people. And one of the things that I always say about her is that she'll always be blessed because she gives from a place of absolute love. Um, She has been given seed, God gives seed to the sower. And she has sown abundantly, even when people have been um, foul, mistreated her, have been ugly, have used her platform in a way to really lift themselves up. But that woman will never, never be without because she is an absolute giver from her soul. And I, more than anything, have great admiration for her. But I would, if um, Candy, if you're listening, if anyone who is connected with Candy uh, works with Candy, you're great friends with Candy, please pass along my in- information. I would be so humble. I would fly right there, honey. It is an hour and 15 minutes, honey, from DC to Atlanta to be right there, to be of service to her and her family as well. And um, she would love for me to do that as well.
2: I love that. I love yeah. that. I mean, it makes me think about celebrities and, you know, one of the topics you always talk about, I'm very passionate about the unseen injuries. Right, because mm-hmm. they're unseen. We don't know what's going on. Like you said, you know, she was made up. The hair was done, the makeup was done. Everything looks good, right? As a celebrity, you have to have that physical appearance. But what I love, what you do is you get under that. Mm-hmm. You go, you know, you you allow them to take that mask off and you really go. I want to say in the soul. You do soul work. Oh. That, that's what you do. You, you really get in there. So right. when you are dressed up and you have the makeup on, the hair done, it, it matches your inside. So mm-hmm. talk to us about what are unseen injuries? I don't think a lot of people understand what they are, how to mm-hmm. identify them, what to do about them. they'll um, mm-hmm. so talk to us about that a little bit.
1: Unseen injuries are, and I'm glad you asked that question because I was speaking with someone and they were really, it resonated with them. They'd not heard that term before. And I said unseen injuries because when we think about anxiety, when we think about insomnia, when we think about depression, and I'm going to deal with anxiety and insomnia first. Um, As you well know, Wendy, At the advent of the pandemic, people were experiencing sleep disturbances. And so the American Medical Association coined the term coronasomnia because it was because of the pandemic that people were experiencing this, a lot of unrest, a lot of unsurety about what was happening next. But those things have not disappeared. And so it doesn't mean that a person needs to have a diagnosis. Um, It can manifest in this way. Um, I remember... um, Dr. Avis um, talking about people having these long romantic relationships with the refrigerator, right, Um, at the height of the pandemic. And so while that may have kind of slowed down for some people, there's still a level of unease because there are people that did lose a lot of people. There are people that perhaps they had to make a shift in their career. And whether or not that shift was beneficial for them there's still a little bit of unease around navigating that space. Grief is an unseen injury because grief affects the body in a myriad of ways. Grief can show up as inflammation. Grief can show up as being um, hypervigilant. Grief actually um, can rewire the brain. So depending on the level of grief that one person experiences, it could be that that person now say if they had something that was um, really catastrophic um, death that they experienced, the brain is now rewired that, okay, when there's even a hint of that event, this is the way that we preserve our, our ourselves. This is the way that we preserve the body. Um, and unless those things are, number one, acknowledged, meaning that they are actually seen and understood that grief, anxiety, insomnia are not linear. They're things that are really outcries from the body to say that we're not, we're not in a a good space. There's something that is bothering us. The body is messaging and it's messaging through the anxiety. It's messaging through the insomnia. It's messaging through the grief. It's messaging through um, people that are experiencing depression and these are all things that don't necessarily require a diagnosis, be it seasonal or actually just experiencing, um, a space of depression. Um, and so those are unseen injuries. If a person feels, um, in traffic, they be, they become really, really upset because they feel like somebody is cutting them off or they feel like somebody, um, should have gone through the light when they didn't. That's something else that's manifesting in another way. So the manifestations can look like anger. The manifestations can look like frustrations. The manifestations can look like um, scrolling on social media, being very distracted, overeating, undereating, sleeping too much. Um, these are all unseen injuries. And to be very honest with you, Wendy, when I talk about this, The number of people that I have that will send me messages uh, via DM is amazing. They, number one, as I said before, they've not heard of the term, but they feel seen. And so I think it's important for people to understand that me, as I said earlier in the show, I have disabilities, exceptionalities, um, differing abilities, people word that in different ways, and they're not seen. Um, I don't walk around with the shirt that says I have disabilities. However, I understand I have disabilities. So if I'm in a place and I'm not necessarily maybe clear, there may be a moment of confusion that I have. I'm good with actually stopping where I am. If I'm like walking somewhere, I'll excuse myself and sit down and wait for myself to collect my thoughts. However, if a person may be man, um, maybe, um, navigating with brain fog or experiencing some type of memory loss, it may be frustrating for them and because they don't understand why they don't remember. And perhaps it was because of long COVID. Perhaps it's because of the nutritional deficit. Perhaps it's because they live in an area where the environment is one where there's a lot of air pollution. The air quality, both indoor and outdoor, are very poor. There are all of these different elements that do contribute to what I term unseen injuries. And so for me, I have had two and a half years of being very connected with my body, watching my body heal to understand, okay, Erica, we're not in a good place. So if I am in the car, I will pull the car over to the side. If I'm out in public, I will... Immediately go for a safe place to sit. Um, it does not, and I have. I was out of the country, and I told my friends, "I was like, I got to get in an Uber, and I need to go back to the hotel. I need to excuse myself." And that's what I did because I felt something coming on. But a person that's not connected with their unseen injury um, may respond in a different way. So that's why it is important to talk about these things. So that number one, people can feel seen because that's what people want at their at their base core. We all want to be seen. We all want to be heard, and you well know this as a fantastic nurse practitioner. Um, this the second thing that people want um, out, um, <clears throat> alongside being seen and heard is they want to be believed. Um, people want to be believed that. They're saying they're having this experience in their body and they want the person on the other side that they're talking to um, to actually believe what they're saying. And then um, thirdly, people want to be healed. And I believe that that is why, you know, we kind of see people doing a lot more drinking on television. We see people doing a myriad of things and those are adults' decisions Um, all in moderation, but done in response to unseen injuries can actually um, be a detriment to the organs that do the most work for us. And that would be the brain, the heart, our lungs, and our liver and all our other organs. So these are the things that um, I work with clients one-to-one and both in the corporate space to say, I hear you, I see you, I believe you, and I believe that you absolutely have the power of your own healing in your hands and in your mouth and in your mind.
2: Oh, that is so powerful. Because even though they're unseen, they'll still manifest and they'll come to light. And I like the way you 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 said that it could be anger, right? There's a lot of people who are just angry, but really mm-hmm. unpacking that. And I love. You know, that's something you do. You help people unpack those unseen injuries and put them on a journey or even walk with them on the journey to healing. So, 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 so important. And I always tell people what matters is when you go to bed at night and your head is mm. on the hill, those things, those things we mm. need to talk about. And many times those are manifested by those unseen injuries that you're talking about.
1: Absolutely. I I have my clients go through a nighttime routine as well. I mean, that is critically important. And I'm glad you raised that. Um, There, I had a client that I work with specifically. And one of the things that she was waking up like literally stressed out, like, oh, my goodness, I feel the weight of the world. And what we found out is that when we were looking at her day is that she was going to bed watching the news. Mm. So she literally <laughs> had the weight of her community and whatever world events were happening um, on her chest. And so we shifted that nighttime routine. Um, for some people, a bath may be a luxury um, mm. because, you know, they only have maybe showers. Um, but whatever is luxurious at night, I'm like, get into luxury, get some sense for your, um, sheets, make sure, you know, the sheets are being changed. If there's no one that, um, cleaning the home, if you're doing it, your partner's doing, you're doing it together, make sure those sheets are being changed out every week at least. Um, and, but every night, um, every morning when you get up, make sure you're shaking the sheets because one of the things you want to do, because you well know, Wendy, the body sheds. So there are all of these dead cells that are literally sitting on the sheets, shake the sheets, both the fitted sheet, the top sheet, shake the um, comforter, shake your pillow that is helping prepare for the night before. And I'm like, luxuriate yourself, whatever that looks like for you, um, do perfumes, lotions, if that's something that brings you joy and pleasure. And I also encourage my clients to do a hot beverage. Um, so if that's, um, a tea, not a coffee, cause definitely don't want to go to sleep with caffeine, but if it's hot lemon water, um, if it's a lovely tea, a herbal tea, caffeine free tea, um, and, and like, Spray a little bit on your pillow if that's, you know, what brings you a little bit of peppermint, some lemongrass, whatever scents you like. Aromatherapy is really good and leave the world out of it. Like have a, you know, it's some, it can be um, a challenge at times. However, like if you're going to luxuriate yourself when we're getting massages, like girl, you remember that massage we got last year? Like who was thinking about a cell phone? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is spa time, okay? Spa time. There's no cell phones in the spa. So I I really encourage my clients and they have been like, Erica, oh my, I was like, I told you, I mean, but it's those small things that um, really turn out to be real game changers and transformative for us when we're thinking about, as you just said, Wendy, what are we going to bed with? Well, honey, I just came out
2: of the spa. So <laughs> I'm
1: going to bed feeling good. <laughs> I
2: for myself. sure. For sure. It's creating the environment. It's creating mm-hmm. the environment. I know you, in your community, you were talking about uh, the same thing, right? The environment. And you said something that I thought was very interesting. I was talking to my husband about it, about dirty clothes in the bedroom.
1: No dirty, no shoes, Mm -hmm. no dirty, none of that. And the the only pair of shoes that are in my bedroom are bedroom slippers. And I wash them once a week and they are always in the house. There are no dirty clothes because that stagnant energy. Mm -hmm. If you notice, if if one notices, if there is something dirty in the it. You toss and turn. It's kind of like the same thing with the sheets, right? If they're not shaking every morning, it's those dead skin cells like literally sitting there like, really? So it makes it very difficult to sleep. Um, so, yeah, no dirty clothes and bedroom slippers only.
2: Yes, I love that. I thought that was amazing. And I know you have um, an event coming up to talk about unseen injuries. Can you tell us a little bit about that? How can people get uh, registered for this event? Absolutely. I'm really excited
1: about this. This is uh, the first of um, more to come. It's Sunday, August the 20th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. People can go to TheReframedBrain.com to RSVP for this event. It is an online conversation. Navigating the unseen is really a bit of what we talked about, um, really helping people understand that if they're um, what they've been experiencing, because to some degree, everybody is experiencing some level of unease, Um having questions around their own health or things that they're not understanding that they're navigating in life, that this is actually the discussion place for that, navigating the unseen and and what that looks like. And that um, I always want to emphasize and stress that a person does not have to have a specific diagnosis to be dealing with an unseen injury. Some people really are um, traversing through a significant weight of, of grief um, and feeling like it's time, people just continue to move um, while they have really not had opportunity to really, um, really sit with and really talk through and really know how to deal with and unpack what they've been experiencing. So this is a space for people to be seen. Um, opportunity for me to share even deeper around what unseen injuries um, look like and how they manifest and uh, some ways that we can actually navigate, which is why it is called Navigating the Unseen. So people just won't hear, oh gosh, okay, well, I can check the box there and I can check the box there. And oh my gosh, Erica, like I'm not going to keep checking all of these boxes. I feel like you know, there's something really wrong and it's not anything wrong. I talk about language all the time. Like that's one thing that's really helpful It's really shifting the language. Once we understand, once we are seen, now we can actually um, grab hold to tools to actually shift around. And so um, I I would love for people to go to the reframebrain.com. You'll see the event pop up once you uh, go on. And um, it's really going to be an informative, informative conversation that we're going to have. And I feel like people are really going to walk away not only feeling seen, but feeling like they have some tools in order to navigate what they've um, been experiencing. (laughs)
2: Yes, I love that. And if you think you don't have unseen injuries, go because you may learn something that you can help someone else with, especially I know a lot of healthcare leaders, managers really Mm -hmm. listen to the show and watch the show go so you can really relate to your employees. I think it's for everyone, whether you think you have unseen injuries or not go learn how to navigate them because we're in a world full of so many different people and you never know what you can learn. So I would say Mm -hmm. definitely go register. I will definitely be there listening in. Um, So yes, this is going to be amazing. And Erica, before we get into the rapid fire, uh, where can people get your book?
1: Um, So they can get it on Amazon. Again, if you go to thereframebrain.com, there is a lovely picture of the book there. You could just click it and it'll take you right there. It's $9.99. The plants are easy plants to add to your space. And it's not just for the summer months. It's also, as we get ready to enter into the fall, it's like, oh my gosh, not summer almost being over, (laughs) but it is. Um, And so when we think about clean air, when we think about um, anyone that deals with seasonal depression, plants are really good at um, boosting moods. And um, So um, please do go to the reframebrain.com. And I want to say one other thing, Wendy, um, in um, relationship to what you just shared about about healthcare leaders um, and people in industry whose employees um, may be dealing with unseen injuries. I'm here to tell you that your employees are dealing with unseen injuries, okay? (laughs) Because I talk to them. (laughs) And so um, um, I actually had opportunity and I was so touched um with someone that came to me um after um I was on serious um to share that they had an unseen injury. So you know one of my pastors used to say it's just nice to be nice. Mm -hmm. Um, It is just good to have an understanding of the power of the diverse community. People respond so differently when they're seen. And that's why I started out with being seen and being heard. Um, No one necessarily wants to be coddled. They just want to know that you see them. So um, thank you for encouraging healthcare industry leaders, um, managers. Um, I've had men in my DMs crying, saying, Erica, thank you for helping me understand my partner." much better about what they were actually navigating. So um, I give it where the goats can get it, to be um, quite honest with you, so.
2: Yeah, and I wanted to say, you know, having Unseen injury, you don't have to do it alone. I mean, people always feel so isolated, like it's only them. Erica, what you do, the work you do, people do not have to do it alone. The work that we do, you're not alone. That, that's you're why we alone. do this. You are not alone. We see you, we hear you, we're here for you. We can walk that journey with you. So yes. so please, please, wellness with Wendy, keep yourself well. So Erica, I'm going to take you through a rapid fire. This was an amazing discussion. I don't want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, call me and we're keep talking. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love Wendy. And (laughs) y'all, please share this wellness with Wendy. Share the show um, with other people. We never know where we're going to meet people. So thank you for having me on. Yeah.
2: Yes, you are more than welcome. Well, let's get through the rapid fire and get you out of here so you can start your nighttime routine. (laughs) All right. Let me know the first thing that comes to your mind to answer the question or finish the statement. Okay. Well, wellness means? Being seen, being heard, being believed, being healed. Oh, I love it. I know I'm stressed when?
1: Um, I'm unable to uh, speak clearly.
2: My go-to stress management solution is? Connecting with my plants. Mm. What is one thing you will tell celebrities right now that they can do? to help just ground them?
1: Okay, immediately breath work. So if we can do this together, they can also go to um, the reframebrain.com, have their people connect with me so we can do more one-to-one work. But this is something that um, I did with another celebrity and she immediately felt the results literally online. It is a signature... breath breathing technique modality that I created. It is called 646. And what a person does is you're going to breathe in very slowly for six seconds and breathe in through the mouth for six seconds, breathe in through the nose, excuse me, for six seconds, hold the breath for four seconds, and then breathe out slowly through the mouth for six seconds. So to repeat that, in through the nose very slowly for six seconds, hold for four seconds, and then breathe out for six seconds. It literally shifts the body.
2: Wow. Yes. I'm here. You feel that. I'm here. Yes. It it centers you. Breathing is so powerful mm-hmm. because you're you're in control. Like you said, breathe in for six, six, hold for four, out for six it's what, wow. I, I feel like I'm, I'm here. Like I've been here, but I'm here. Like I'm, I'm focused now. I love that.
1: Thank you. Thank you. six four six. So yes, do that. And then call me because I also have more signature modalities. Get in touch with me and they can do that on the Um, my team has set up a contact sheet and I am, um, I, and they are very much so responsive.
2: I love that. I love it. I love it. And Erica, what is something you learned about yourself during the pandemic?
1: Oh, gosh. Oh, I am not a machine. And that was something that I used to repeat. And I felt like I was just so proud of like, oh, I can do it all. And um, that is a no thank you. Yeah, I am not a machine. I will say I am divinely... And uniquely and finally created. Mm. I am not a machine. I am one hundred percent human.
2: Mm. And you know what? That reminds me. You said something on Monique, Monique Presley show. You're mm. owning the lane you're in.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That Absolutely. was so powerful. So let's end on that. Now let's unpack. I have to unpack that a little bit. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) I was like, whoa, because we all evolve. And I think it's Mm -hmm. so important. I'm owning the lane I'm in. So so talk to us about that. And then we're going to wrap, we're going to really wrap it up, but I have to, have to, have to, you have to unpack that for us.
1: Girl. I mean, thank you so much for bringing it back to me, Wendy. Um, It was very difficult coming out of such a and, I, and I'm saying, for me, a powerful background, the financial analysis, um, then the political executive landscape, and really reconciling with who am I now, I'd always identified with my job. And then I have a strong media background as well. So it was always my job. It was always those things that went before me. So- Owning the lane that I'm in was that I was no longer attached to those things because my ability to to be, to, to move in those spaces had been compromised. And those weren't things that I was willing to kind of like put my body and my brain back into at the pace that I was doing. Owning the lane that I'm in is that I've said those things didn't define me. Those were great things that I accomplished but they didn't define me. The work that I do, the soul work, as you put it, that I do, the way that I am able to um, enter into the space of people who um, are powerful people and be very, very um, be a vault for them and see the most vulnerable sides of them, yet guide them and be very connected so that I'm able to do a work that's specific for them, that's my lane. That's why I'm a celebrity wellness coach. I help people be well. That's what I do. And Mm -hmm. I feel so good about that. (laughs) That's my lane.
2: I love it. I love it. And we are going to end it. Thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. And I can't wait to wrap my arms around your neck. I, know, I can't <laughs> wait either. Thank you so much to the staff, the team
1: of wellness with Wendy. Thank you, my dear sister, Wendy Garden Mayo. I love you so much.
2: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. Before you go, I would love to share a free stress management resource with you. Go to stressblueprint.com and download your free copy of the 3 questions to ask when you are stressed. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best and give your best.
0: If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Health Care for Humans, hosted by Dr. Sundar, expands our understanding of the history and culture of different communities and how to provide culturally responsive care. There's an episode you should check out where guest Dr. Duran details the systemic barriers faced by individuals with DACA status and highlights the importance of addressing these barriers. Check out Healthcare for Humans on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.